Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. Well, I've got a great announcement to make today. Jesus Christ is coming back. He's coming again. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, and now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died, so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, He's coming back. God will bring back with him all the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God. First the believers who have died will raise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. Encourage each other with these words. Wow. Well, Pastor, how's that going to happen? The dead are going to raise their bones alive. I don't know. Here, here's the, let me just give you the basis and explain those verses to you. It's simply this. We're all going together. Okay? We're all going to make it there. Jesus Christ is coming back. That's what we believe. That's a great announcement for us. That's the hope that we sung about this morning. That's who we are. So if we believe that, there are some other things that we have to believe as well, and I want to talk to you about them this morning. The first one is this, God is in control. Don't go by what you see. Don't look at all of what everybody says. Chaos seems to reign, but here's the deal. God's in control. He's got it. He has a purpose. He has a plan. Now, here's the problem, or not the problem, but here's what we got to understand. God is in control. You're not. Mankind is not. Now, we try to take control. We try to manage everything. We try to say, we can fix this. We can deal with this. We can control this. There is so little you and I can control. But God has all of history in control. He has a timeline. He knows exactly what He's doing. And everything is going to happen according to His purpose, His plan, not ours. Well, when's this going to happen? What about this? And what about this? Listen, Jesus was pretty clear about that with his disciples. He said simply this, you don't need to know. If they didn't need to know, neither do you. So if someone starts writing a book or someone starts talking about, well, here's the timeline, here's what's going to happen next, just turn it off or throw the book away. Because nobody knows. Acts chapter 1, verse 6, here's what Jesus says, and here's what he tells them. When the apostles were with him, they kept asking them, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel, restore your kingdom? God, is it now? Is it now? Is it now? Is it later? Is it w- w-? And he replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. Now, what is there about that you and I don't understand? But yet we're trying to figure it out, don't we? Three verses down, after saying this, he was taken up into the cloud while they were watching. They could no longer see him. And as they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Notice, Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, 
but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Woohoo! You know, something, yeah, okay. Ephesians 1.9, God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. This is the plan. At the right time, who determines the right time? He does. He will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven on an earth. There's another verse that says, one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. So at the right time, he'll take care of that. So God is in control. That means you and I don't need to stress out over everything that's going on. That means you and I don't need to worry about how's this all going to play out. We know God's going to return. Jesus Christ is going to establish his kingdom and everything's going to be well. That's our hope. That's our joy. That's what we live for. There has to be a great confidence in knowing God is in control. Secondly, calamity is coming. And maybe I should have said this differently. Let me say it this way. Calamity is here. Okay? Calamity is now. Natural forces, nature, environment. You and I are living in the day and time where we understand that things get worse before Jesus Christ returns. His coming, He's coming, He has a plan, things will get worse before that happens. Things do not get better. There's a great falling away. It says people do whatever they want to do. There's more evil. There's more frustration. There are famines. There are floods. There are wars. There are earthquakes. Anybody been watching the news recently about Israel and what's going on there? That will not stop. Now, just so you know, when you see everything about Israel and Hamas and all that stuff going on, I like rooting for winners. That's why I'm a Packer fan. Okay? Pastor Blake is still learning. He's a Bengals fan, so he's rooting for losers. But, you know, someday maybe we can help him with that. But if you want to pick the win inside, pick Israel. It's a sure thing. It's a sure thing. And so you and I understand that's going to happen. Oh, we just want peace. It's not going to happen. Look at Matthew chapter 24, verse 4. Jesus is very clear about this. Don't let anyone mislead you. Many will come in my name claiming I'm the Messiah. They will deceive many. In other words, it's this way or it's this way or you can do this. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. That's good advice, don't you think? Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world, but all of this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Now, you see, (laughs) uh, okay, I'm going to try to be nice here and say this correctly. You and I hear a lot about global warming. As Christians, We don't believe in global warming. We believe in birth pains. 
this world is falling apart. You're not going to save it. The Bible tells us that very clearly. There's going to be earthquakes. There's going to be famines. There's going to be war. Oh, I just want world peace. Peace will not happen until Jesus Christ establishes his kingdom. It won't happen. And so you and I come to understand, okay, I'll do my part. I'll recycle. I'll, I'll do what I can to do. But now, you know, now the big push is this. It, it's a big deal. We shouldn't eat any red meat because cows produce methane, which hurts the environment. And after all, we're all for saving the environment. But yet the Bible says it's only the first of the birth pains and more to come. I, I know, I know. It goes against everything you and I hear in the media, doesn't it? It goes against everything our kids are taught in school. But we believe Jesus Christ is going to return. And he tells us very clearly, before he comes back, you're going to hear of wars. Don't panic. You know, these things are going to happen. There will be nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, famines, earthquakes in parts of the world. There will be <laughs> pandemics. There will be all of these types of things going on in this world because God is in control. And he tells us very clearly that before he returns, the world's going to go through a shaking. The world's going to go through some difficulty. The world is in a crisis. And it will stay there until the return of Jesus Christ truth. Next, my conduct now becomes important. If that's going to happen, and it is, if that's what we're looking for, and we are, if that's what believe, we believe and we do, then how should I act? How should my life be lived? What should I be doing in the face of all of this? What type of commitment do I need to have? How, how do I need to maneuver through all of the stuff that's going on and coming down the pike and that we hear and that we see and that we kind of get uneasy about? How, how, how do I do that? Well, here's what you do. You keep your life in order in your relationship with Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 4.3, time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound, wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires, and they will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. There's a lot of Christians doing that today. There's a lot of people who say they're followers of Christ who are, well, I don't like that. I, Pastor, what you're saying about the global warming, oh, I think we've got to protect the environment. We've got to save the trees. We've got to save this and save that. You know, you can be involved. You can do that kind of stuff. But understand something. It will only go so far. And you and I have to come to that place where we understand, look, I need to stay true to what's true. Thus, we do the grow classes so that you can understand, here's what we believe. And we're going to stay true to that no matter what happens. And down the road, it will probably cause some persecution. It will probably get difficult. But that's okay. Because we still stand for what's right. Colossians 
since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Notice, the reality of heaven. Heaven's real. Where Christ sets in a place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. That's good advice, isn't it? For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, you got that? Who's your life? Christ is my life. I live for Him. Is revealed to the whole world, He's coming back, you will share in all His glory. So put to death, how should I behave? What's my conduct to be? Put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God or the justice of God is coming. We serve a God who loves people, but we serve a God who hates sin. And sin has consequences, and God will bring justice to things. And so I have to understand that because I am aware of what's going on, and as I watch the news and see all these things, and this is happening, and this is happening, this famine here, and these people dying over here, it grieves me, it hurts me. You know, I, I, you really care about all these things. But at the same time, I recognize, God, I know, but I know you're in control. So God, will you help me to live a life that's true to you, that honors you, that does what is right in your sight, not mine. Will you help me not to live for me? Will you help me to live for you in the midst of all of this? Because, you know, sometimes people say, well, if the end's coming, then I better have the greatest time I can before it gets here. Well, you know, if the end's coming, I need to do my thing. That's a, that's a risky life. So you and I understand, if I believe Jesus Christ is going to return, how I live matters. Amen. It matters to God, and it should matter to me. And I am living my life, not going after the things that I like, but going after the things that please God and do what's right in His sight. Pretty clear, right? Bible's pretty clear about it all the way through. Next, there is a great commission. There's a great commission. You see, you and I have a responsibility. Well, if that's the case, come. what should I be doing? Should I be investing all my time trying to save this thing? Or should, should I be doing all of this and doing all this and doing all this? No. What the church is called to do in the midst of this is understand you and I have a responsibility. In essence, the church is in the job of doing everything we can to help more people know about Jesus Christ. That's what we're about. Now, you see, the world, the government, wants to put the church into this category over here. Well, the church should be feeding people and clothing people and doing things, and if the church won't do it, the government has to do it. The government doesn't define what the church is about. God defines that. And you and I can feed people. You and I can help people. You and I should do that. And we try to do that. We support a lot of different ministries in the area that are doing that. But our number one function is to make disciples. 
is to help people come to know Jesus Christ and to help them grow in their walk with God. That's what we're about. That's why we exist. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. You know, it's not something we've made up. It's not something we've just determined on our own. It's something that was given to us by Jesus Himself. His last words, so to speak. Matthew 28, 18. Jesus came and told His disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. What's He saying there? I'm in charge. I'm the one. I'm the top dog. I'm the guy. I, I have all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, because of that, you go and make disciples of all the nations. In other words, well, we should just take care of the people in our own little community. No, no, no. We have a worldwide responsibility. That's why missions is so critical. You go into all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I'm with you always, even into the end of the age. He's with us today. The Holy Spirit is with us today. God is with us today. And He will be with us until the very end. And one day when we're taken out, He'll be go with us. And so you and I come to that place where we understand, okay, we're living in times where it seems like the return of Jesus Christ just seems to be getting closer and closer. And the Bible is a very prophetic book that everything that it says was going to happen, has happened, will happen. And we can see by what's going on in the world around us that things are fragile, and that things are accelerating at a pace, and things are kind of, wow, what's going on? And you know, there's that sense of, I'm not in control, and we're not, but God is. And we're in the place where we begin to see the birth pains taking place where Jesus himself taught, you know, this is going to be happening. This is going to be happening. These things are going to take place. And all of this is going to be going on. But don't be afraid. I'm in control. And you live a life that is lived honoring me and doing what's right. And that life means you love God with all your heart and you love people just like you love God, and you care about people. Unfortunately, we have too many people who are more concerned about the planet than they are about people. And we care about people. People matter to God. Jesus Christ came for people. And so we are called to do what we can do to make disciples to help every person, all of you in this room, to grow up. Now, I know you don't need to grow up, but the person next to you really does, don't they? You know, to grow up, to become mature, to help people to know Christ. That's what we want to do. And so we do everything we can for that to happen. That, that is our commission. That is our job description. That is what we're about. Live right and then do what we can to help others live right as well because of Jesus Christ. And then finally, what matters most is my communion with God. My communion with God. My intimacy with Him. My relationship with Him. Christ in me 
the hope of glory, the Holy Spirit's presence in my life, living in me, guiding me, directing me, counseling me, comforting me, helping me in each and every way, and coming to that place where what matters most to me is how close can I get to God. It's not about, well, how much can I do and still go to heaven? Wrong question. The question is this, what do I need to do to get closer to God? What do I need to do to have a greater relationship with Him? How can I become better in my walk with God? 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light, and there's no darkness in Him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God but go on living in spiritual darkness and not practicing the truth, living the truth. You know, we say, well, I love God, but I can live how I want. No, you can't. But if we're living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, has cleansed us from all sin. Wow, isn't that great to know? And if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. And if we claim we're not sin, oh, I'm a good person. I, 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 nothing wrong with me. If we claim we haven't sinned, we're calling God a liar and showing that His Word has no place in our hearts. We come to that place where we say, God, at these times, help me to get closer to you because if I get closer to God, I'll live right and I'll have a caring heart and burden for other people. And God can use me. 1 John 2.24, you must remain faithful to what you've been taught from the beginning. If you do, you will remain in fellowship with the Son and with the Father. And in this fellowship, we enjoy the eternal life He promised us. Wow. Verse 28, now dear children, remain in fellowship with Christ so that when He returns you will be full of courage and not shrink back from him in shame. You'll be in a place where you're anxious to see him, not, oh no, he's coming. So you live your life every day. Now you see, I, as a kid, I grew up in a different time because in my time growing up, all you heard was, you know what? If you're doing something wrong when the Lord returns, you're not going to make it. You know, if you go into a movie theater and the Lord comes back, He's not going in there to get you. You'll stay. And we made it so fragile that we begin to be paranoid. Oh, if I do this wrong or if I do this wrong, that I, I, I'll never make it. And you just kind of always walked on eggshells. It's not that fragile. There's this understanding that, God, you know my heart. And you know I want to do everything I can to honor you and to live for you and be the person you want me to be. And God, I'm not perfect, but you're going to help me. And I can live for you with confidence of knowing that when you return, I'm ready. I'm ready. And I'm looking for you to come again. So when you look into the news, 
when you hear all the stuff that's being propagated to us. Look at it through the lens of Scripture. Birth pains. Christ is coming again. God's still in control. Everything He said is happening. It's here. God, I look forward to that day when you return. But it's not just about me saving me, God. You care about others as well. Help me to live a life that honors you and cares about other people as well. So here's the simple question this morning. Are you living that life? Are you living a life that says, if Jesus Christ returns in the next five minutes, I'm ready and I know it. Are you living the life, well, I know I'm ready, but maybe you've gotten a little lackadaisical and just thinking about you. And you need to say, God, would you help me to care more about people who don't know you and help me to do what I can, where I am, with what you've given me. So I want to pray for you if that's where you are. Either one of those places. Maybe you're listening and you say, I don't know Christ. I'm not sure. Then you need to take a step and say, God, I know I'm a sinner. And I know you died to save me. And God, I want you to do that. And I want to live my life, God, for you and not for me. I want to be ready when you return. Or, God, I'm ready, but Lord, I've kind of got isolated and just taken care of myself and retreated. And I need to be more burdened, more caring about people who don't know you. Use me and help me. Let's pray. Lord, today, I pray for those who are here this morning who maybe don't know you or they're just uncertain or they're not living the way that they should be because, you know, they've kind of gotten lackadaisical in their walk with you and they're just kind of doing their thing, not your thing. Would you help them this morning to come to that place where they give their life to you? And by giving their life to you, it means, Lord, they're yours and they will live their life to honor you. You're the God who forgives their sins. You're the God who comes to dwell in us through your spirit. Help us. Help each one. Be honest and let invite you in to be in control of their life. Lord, maybe there's others here today who just have kind of, as long as I'm okay, I'm okay. They don't have the heart for people. Because God, in the midst of all of this, all these things happening, but then a prophet also says in the last days, you're going to pour out your spirit. There's going to come that time where more people can come to you. And we don't want to miss that. We want to be a part of that. Help us. Give me that heart for others. Lord, thank you today for the confidence we have in knowing you're in control and we can trust you. In thy name we pray. Amen. So, it's a great day because we're going to take communion. Now, there's one more verse in your notes. I didn't forget it. But I want you to understand something and see something. Here's what the Bible tells us about communion. Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, gives them instructions about how to do it and what to do. And then he says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26. Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. 
so in communion, there is an element of belief that Jesus Christ is coming again. And every time I take these elements, I am saying, I believe Jesus Christ is coming again. And I'm announcing my belief. And so Jesus, when he was with the disciples for his last meal, the Passover, took the bread, he blessed it, he broke it. He said, this is my body which is broken for you. And every time you eat of this, remember me. Announce my death, my resurrection, my return. Shall we eat together? Later on in the meal, he took the cup. He said, this is my blood, which is shed for you. Without it, there's no forgiveness of sins. And every time you drink of it, remember me and what I'm gonna do. Don't forget, shall we drink together? Just take a moment and thank him this evening, this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for who you are, what you've done, your faithfulness, your goodness, oh God. I give you praise. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing comes against. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a powerful name. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. Cause you have no right.
a God who is in control. Isn't that great? We serve that kind of God today. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.